This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. Welcome to Teachers Talk Radio and to the Tuesday Late Late Show hosted by me, Emily Edwards. This week, we're going to get into the theme of Valentine's Day and talk about relationships and education with my partner, Andrew Rushton. Hi. Um... This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. As I said, my name is Emily Edwards. For any recurring listeners, welcome back. It's good to chat to you again. And if this is your first time with me, here's a bit about my background in education. I'm currently teaching secondary history as a full-time classroom teacher. I started my NQT year back when it was called an NQT in 2017, and I have an MPQML as well as experiences in middle leadership, both in temporary positions as pastoral deputy head of sixth form and curriculum lead for history, though thankfully not at the same time. I also have experience in teaching key stage three to five for history and key stage five A-level politics. And tonight, for the first time in my show, I have a very, very special guest tonight. Um, as we're talking about relationships, I thought it'd be very appropriate to have someone who has experienced dating someone in the teaching world, and that is my boyfriend, Andrew. Hello there, I am Andrew. I am 29 years old. I don't know why I said that, but... So I have been dating Emily for just over 18 months. First met in June 22, I think it was. <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, and then... Made official July 22, and then we moved in together August last year. Um, I am not a teacher, so I'm coming this coming to this from a completely blind perspective. Uh, the only the only perspective I have is of a student and as a guardian. So that is that is where I'm coming from in this one. So passion back to everyone. Thank you very much. Yeah. So with the introductions having been made uh, tonight, as I say, we're going to discuss relationships and take the theme of Valentine's Day as our kind of focus for this week. If you do have any questions for us or any um, contributions to the discussion, please feel free to add that into the chat as we go. We'd love to hear from you. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EatonX.com to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The mother of murdered schoolgirl Brianna Jai has spoken about the need for positive change and a lasting legacy for her daughter. Mrs Jai visited Westminster as part of her campaign for mindfulness to be taught in all schools in England. She commented on her Peace and Mind UK Facebook page 
that her focus would be to improve lives by empowering people, giving them the tools to build mental resilience, empathy and self-compassion through mindfulness. She went on to say that she hoped to create more understanding for everyone. Mrs Jai has already raised thousands of pounds to deliver mindfulness training in schools in her local area. The Department for Education has said there were no plans to introduce mindfulness, but the RSHE curriculum included a strong focus on mental health and that all schools had been offered grants to train a senior mental health lead by 2025. Mrs Jai has also spoken about the idea for a phone for under 16s to limit access to social media apps. The Children's Commissioner, Dame Rachel D'Souza, told the BBC that she supported the ideas and said more could be done to promote phones that are safe by design. She described Mrs Jai's vision as really smart, but questioned whether the likes of Google and Apple would create phones with access that is safe by design. PM Rishi Sunak has stated that the new Online Safety Act is robust, but parents told the BBC how difficult it is to take away a smartphone from a child who already has one, whilst others described the pressure from social media as relentless. In Wales, the cap on university tuition fees is rising from £9,000 to £9,250 a year from September. Education Minister Jeremy Miles says he recognises students will be disappointed. A report on the BBC News website says loans will also go up to cover the 2.8% increase, which will affect undergraduate students studying in Wales whose home address is in Wales. Those with a home address in Wales but who study in other parts of the UK are unaffected because they already pay the £9,250 for their studies. Mr Miles blames sustained inflationary pressure on high education providers in Wales and that the increase was unavoidable, but would help to safeguard provision and investment. The Guardian reported on school finances with an article on findings that almost half of multi-academy trusts in England were in deficit last year. The report by the accountancy network Creston UK was based on studying the accounts of 279 trusts representing over 2,300 schools. It found 47% were running in-year deficits. Rising energy bills and staffing costs were blamed by many and made worse by uncertainty around income streams. School leaders say that schools are constantly asked to do more with less. Last October, the Department for Education in England admitted to making a £370 million error meaning mainstream primary and secondary schools will be given at least £50 less for each pupil than original forecasting predicted. This forced school leaders to redraw their budgets for 2024-25. to 25. With energy costs still high and a recruitment and retention crisis leading to an increased use of agency staff, mean that many school leaders are facing further pressure on budgets and many expect a deficit trend to continue. More than 100 school buildings containing dangerous concrete will be rebuilt or refurbished, according to a report on the BBC. The government says all affected schools will receive funding to permanently remove the dangerous concrete known as RAC. Unions say the announcement includes no new money. The 234 schools affected in England have reportedly returned to face-to-face -face learning but many children are still being taught in marquees, portable classrooms or in other off-site locations. Some pupils have not been able to access specialist classrooms for design and technology, as well as science labs and other specialist spaces. The government has been criticised for not making changes to exams for those affected. Finally, a jury in the United States of America has held the mother of a 15-year-old mass shooter criminally responsible for the death of four high school students in 2021. The 15-year-old himself was sentenced to life without parole in December, but at the start of February the male's mother was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, the first time a parent has been convicted of such charges due to their child's role in a mass shooting. The case has raised questions about the accountability of parents. Although the youth's parents had gifted him the weapon days before the attack. 
Prosecutors also argued that parents had not paid enough attention to their son's declining mental health. US law generally only holds individuals responsible for their own actions, but this case appears to present some change. The schools where the shooting took place has also faced criticism for not acting swiftly when drawings of guns were found on the mail earlier in the day of the shooting. Whatever the outcome of the sentencing, the case appears to be reinvigorating debate around the issue of parental responsibility, alongside individual culpability. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Right then, so jumping into tonight's show, I think before we get into many of the questions, I thought it might be a good idea to explain to any of the listeners at home why we decided to do this. Um, because it is a bit unusual, I think, um, for this show to have uh, guests coming on and especially guests um, kind of outside of the educational sphere, as it were, the bubble. Um, and it kind of came out of an impromptu discussion we had. I know we talk about the show, talk about different topics I've got um, kind of in the pipeline. And I know it's probably a bit awkward having to listen in to me kind of talking <laughs> to, to the computer for an hour on a Tuesday every fortnight. Um, but it was something I think that we discussed. We talked about our uh, kind of preconceptions coming into it. And obviously you coming in completely outside of the teacher world um, is something that we actually thought not only could we talk a lot about, um, but also something that genuinely we thought might help other people at home, um, might uh, help to kind of bridge the divide between kind of the teaching bubble and kind of the rest of the world in a sense. And I think as well, Valentine's Day just really provides a perfect opportunity to kind of add that nice thematic element in it. I mean, I don't know, did, did you kind of feel the same about it or? Yeah, it's um, like, like you say, we've discussed it like, lots of times. You've, you've talked about, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And particularly with the, um, what was it, when you were doing the non-fiction and yes, fiction? Yeah. In, so I was, I was sort of throwing out ideas and that sort of thing. I thought, oh, why don't we just, uh, why don't we sort of have a, a joint a joint session, a joint show and just sort of, and obviously it being Valentine's Day, it made, like you say, made for my sense, it made, why don't we just talk about our relationship and, and air our dirty laundry on, <laughs> on the internet, so. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. <laughs> so in essence, I think how we're going to make this work is, um, have a bit of a, a back and forth, some questions you've got for me, some questions I've got for you, and trying to not kind of narrate our relationship because I think nobody really wants to listen to an hour of that, but um, kind of go through the key uh, kind of challenges, the key um, events that led to kind of these bigger discussions that I think lots of people either who are planning to enter kind of relationships um, or people who are in relationships and kind of early navigating them or people who've been in relationships for kind of eons and think, you know what, it should be a bit of a laugh to hear other people <laughs> going through it after they've gone through it many years themselves. So that's the plan and we'll jump into it shortly. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit EatonX.com to find out more. Right then, so I think the the first best question probably to ask, and the one I'm 
probably the most curious about <laughs> is to do with initial impressions. So in the very early stages, when I kind of say drop the bombshell as if it's some, you know, massive news, but uh, when I told you I was a teacher is my my day-to-day job, what what were your first impressions? Um, well, so like, like I said earlier, I'm coming to this as the only, with the only experience I've had is of teaching is when I was a, a student at school or when I've done parents' evening for my, for my nephew or something like that. So this is like a complete new world. Some might say a whole new world, <laughs> um, to quote <laughs> a, famous, a famous film. Um, yeah, so I'm coming to this completely completely blind. So there are obviously a few sort of conceptions that you have. Um, I think one of the big ones was that it's just, you know, Oh, it's just, she's, she's a teacher. She works nine, nine till three, or you know, maybe nine till four at a push. She's got an <laughs> after school club. Uh, that was probably one of the big ones, and that was I've, I've never, never not thought that, or 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 should I say, I've never sort of really thought beyond that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, another one was holidays. Like do it for the holidays. <laughs> it's like what 12, 13 weeks, something like that. <sighs> It's glorious, isn't it? It's glorious. Um, you know, it's just, it is it is a wonderful amount of holidays, but obviously I've found out since that it, that it doesn't necessarily equate to that much. Yeah, you've learned better now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think another one is that, you know, you, you sort of, when you, when you, to pull the curtain back a little bit, we met on a date inside. Um so when you're on a dating site and you, you talk to other teachers, they hit all the female teachers seem to be primary school teachers. Hey, here we go. <laughs> um, so that was, I think that was a sort of preconception I had as well, just like um, probably from experience, like in, ter- in that sense, but also from a thought of just my own bias thinking, why on earth would you want to go and teach teenagers at high school? Because... No, not for me. Yeah, no, and I think that's something I've I've come across a lot. Um, not just when obviously talking to you about my my job, but generally when people ask, "Oh, what do you do?" and you say teaching, um, it immediately is, "Oh, how do you find primary school?" or "Oh, it's lovely that you you know going into primary school," and it's always then the the no secondary kind of extra uh, reveal, and the reactions always look. <laughs> either horror as the why like you say why would you teach why would you teach teenagers or just I think a little bit of confusion um more so around because I'm for the record you know I'm like five seven and you know not particularly imposing I don't think from a from an immediate glance um so I think there is a sense of you know for for blokes who are potentially looking a bit more imposing a bit more kind of not necessarily authoritarian, but they are kind of look a bit more like authority figures or they'll be able to potentially intimidate. And I think that comes from a very traditional view of teachers there to, you know, lead the room, take charge, a very old school, traditional form of behaviour management of the kids respect you out of fear rather than genuine um, respect. On that point then, do you think that it's the same sort of reversed? So do you look at a a man and think... Mm. You must be a high school teacher. Is is that sort of preconception? Because I've never really thought about yeah. it realistically. But I mean, there was the the rumors going around. I say rumors. It was the the stereotypes going around when we did like training and things like that. Um, predominantly seeing women in primary school programs. Um, young men were, in essence, seen as kind of gold dust in the primary school setting. But at the same time, um, the advice obviously given to us was slightly different. So I think for women in secondary, I know we had a lot more about behaviour management, you know, you've got to be really hot on it, you've got to, you know, be really clear and, and obvious because you might have to deal with, you know, young lads, depending on the area, you know, you don't know what background some of these kids are coming from, if they're coming from backgrounds where women are seen in a more um, secondary or submissive role, that might be how they perceive you and you're having to navigate that whilst trying to do your actual job of teaching in the same way for men that idea of are you going to get parents who 
get a bit funny the idea that a young man or a man generally is working with young children and again those stereotypes that kind of sexism around men not being kind of caregivers in that sense I think they had very different advice as well um, that we wouldn't obviously have received if I was a woman going into primary or a bloke going into secondary I think the advice you get generally is different I think for us within obviously that job I don't think we came with those preconceptions um but we know they're out there it's, it's one of those things is it is it potentially based in fact that in terms of mm. like raw data in terms of like numbers yeah like is it more men go into high school whereas more women go into primary is that i think not to sort of drag the point a little bit yeah no like no no, absolutely i think there are the figures out there i think there is um obviously with the biggest figures at the moment, I think the ones leaving the profession are the bigger concern than the ones going in. But yeah. um, I think that is something to consider that maybe kind of those societal stereotypes are affecting the teachers going into the profession um, and kind of skewing the data and therefore kind of perpetuating it um, unintentionally versus, again, you know, the attitude I knew people who I was training with who joined specifically to go into primary. I knew people... I mean, like myself, other women who were, you know, dead set on secondary. I mean, I was training with a woman um, who there are a couple of uh, women who wanted to go into Peru's uh, pupil referral units for the kind of outside the teacher sphere at home. Um, and those are highly um, difficult scenarios for, I mean, even experienced teachers. They do require obviously very specialised, very skilled people to join them um, as teachers. And again, the idea of two women going into work at a Peru, it was seen as why would you do that? Um, but then again, I think, like you say, it's interesting to have these discussions because otherwise I think you can live in your own little bubble a bit and forget mm. that, you know, whilst it may be annoying to be asked every single time, oh, secondary or primary, um, I think there is still that societal expectation that women, caregiver, more um, feminine stereotypes uh, about you know you'd want to work with younger children whereas you know blokes a bit more aggressive a bit more intimidating or they can handle the the tougher secondary school and I don't think it's the same um because if you know if you put me in a primary school I'd be completely lost and in the same time if you had a man working in a primary and you threw him into a secondary he might be equally as lost I think it's two very different specialisms and it's more about age of obviously the students rather than the, the kind of gender of the teacher. But it's an interesting discussion. It is something I think that has come up. And I know when um, we did uh, a Twitter poll uh, throughout last about last week or so, uh, kind of asking people at home, other teachers, what their stereotypes were and what we thought might be the biggest um, stereotypes. And from the results, we had 178 votes, which is absolutely incredible it's a lovely um level of engagement to see and really thank you to everyone who did vote and we had 72 percent of voters so out and out winner um being that the biggest misconception around teachers or teaching was that they only worked like nine till three and i know that's something you brought up um as one of your kind of early misconceptions um like what makes you think about that as a as an idea, what makes you believe that it's the nine till three? I suppose you don't really know what is involved in teaching. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. so you just you just see it as sort of like a. So I'm doing my job. I do say nine till five. Um, so I'll just work through not nine till five, and that's that's my the time that my job is doing. And that mm. obviously with teaching, it's different. You you have to prepare yeah. before you start. Like you've told me this before, you have to prepare before you you actually can even begin to start. So it's a sort of, I think it's just a knowledge, uh, not really knowing what's going on in a teacher's day. Mm. I think that's probably the, the sort of where that sort of comes from. Like just because because everyone else just like if I start work at nine, that's when I start getting. I contractually I start mm. work at nine, and I finish at twelve. That's when I work. So I think it's probably just that. Yeah, and I think that is interesting because a lot of our work in the teaching world does go unseen. Um, I know the kids don't see it. You know, they probably think these kind of worksheets, these revision sessions, um, like the textbooks and everything and the PowerPoints, 
kind of come out of nowhere. Um, I've said to students before, you know, my working hours, um, when they ask me, you know, have you marked our assessments yet? And it's been, we did them the day before, you know, period three, and it is period one the next day, and you go, pop it, you know, I work 7.30 to about half four. Um, In the nicest way, I don't have time to also throw in your assessments in a a 24-hour mark back period. But I think, again, it's because they just don't see the the extra work we already do. It's just, well, you come in to do your teaching, you do your teaching, and then I guess you go unless there's a parents evening or a revision class or um, kind of a meeting. And so I think, like you say, there's a lot of prep that needs to be done behind closed, I say behind closed doors, but unseen at home or you get an early, you leave late uh, attitude. And that's not really fully paid in in any kind of contractual sense like we do the work beforehand to then clock in and be able to then do our jobs um and I think that is something not unique to teaching but it is one of those more unique aspects to to different jobs generally and I think a lot of people don't don't recognize that as part of our actual hours well I think it is quite unique to teaching in the sense that like say for example I work in the law so a solicitor if they were drafting a document for a client, they would, as soon as they start drafting it, they start recording their time. And mm. whenever they finish, they finish, they stop the recording of that time. Yeah. And then that's then charged, billed to the client. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, so like even preparing drafts of documents and that sort of thing is part of the job, mm. part of the day job, like part of you expect to do that in your working hours. And I know a lot of solicitors don't just wait not to apply. Um, <laughs> that's it that's a that's a thing for another day um <laughs> probably not on a teacher's thing actually um <laughs> but it's it's like the preparation and and like, it's all part of your working day um so what you actually get paid for whereas you said like you say teachers are sort of they have to do all this stuff before they can even begin their working day so it's like a extracurricular sort of activities yeah, and I think with those stereotypes, I think that's why it really gets into teachers' skin. So I know when I um, checked Twitter uh, today, just to kind of doom scroll a little bit, you know, it's my holiday after all, um, there was an element of uh, looking at different tweets. And there was one that I saw that coincidentally could not have been timed better. Uh, it was earlier today that said, why do people um, get things wrong about teaching? The biggest thing I hear is you guys only work weekdays from eight to three with holidays and summers off. Such an easy job. And I think it, it's so frustrating because it completely undermines all those extra hours that we put in and builds into that idea of, you know, we do this for the kids. We do this to get, you know, these children having the best outcomes and you know best opportunities available for them um, within the classroom and outside of the classroom going forward with their lives. And so to be told that you have it easy, you've been doing nothing and that, you know, in the reality being, if we didn't do that, not only would it be noticed, it would be, you know, condemned as how could you not prepare your lessons? How could you uh, not provide extra opportunities? Why aren't you doing trips or um, extra classes or drop in sessions or anything like that? And it's I think it does come down to that misconception around what the job actually is. I feel other people with different professions, they're able to explain what they do and have a more kind of wider social understanding. You know, a, a solicitor is, oh, okay, they've got, you know, trials to prepare for, they've got, you know, documents to fill in, um, working with clients, you know, winning cases in essence. There's an idea of what a solicitor does. You know, doctors, they talk to uh, patients, they have to fill out paperwork, they have to, you know, Uh, dispense not dispense medication but you know write up different slips for medication they have to potentially if they are uh, operating in kind of a surgical role or if they are you know um, doing any kind of checkups and things they'll have that as their job and I think there's a better understanding of where the time goes whereas with teaching it's oh we only know it from like you say I was a kid in school once you only see them from nine till three or half eight till half three and it's well you know, what else do they do? Um, which I think if people knew where the time went, there may be less of that misconception. Yeah, I think that sort of lack of 
not lack of clarity, but like sort of lack of vision of what what is actually going on on behind the scenes is sort of where that sort of lies. And um, not to sound like a sycophant or anything, <laughs> but it's such a crucial job that teachers do. Um, you know, preparing you know the next generation of you know political leaders and scientists and all that sort of good stuff. And and they don't they they are an easy target because they have such nice holidays and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. you're an easy target because it it from from the outside it just looks like like it, like that is. But if it was sort of more widely sort of acknowledged and known that you know your work day is never nine till three. Your work mm. day is often seven till five, and that's that's in a good day. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, if that was more widely known, then people think, well, actually, maybe, yeah. Well, I think we had a glimpse of that with COVID when people were having to, you know, corral their children in front of a screen, keep them engaged, you know, help support them whilst they're trying to do their own jobs. They're trying to, you know, navigate a pandemic that none of us um, obviously were, were fully prepared for in any sense. So I think that's where we kind of saw that, what we call the the social contract in essence like the parental school engagement kind of that relationship really improve briefly for that moment of oh we're starting to understand like we have one or two or three kids that we are trying to to help get get their education and we're finding it difficult to keep them focused keep them engaged to to help support them as best we can um obviously what would that be like with 30 kids in a room and I think that's the, like you say, the, the misconceptions are purely from people's own experiences. And generally looking at the other kind of stereotypes I put in the Twitter poll, I try to think of things that I'd heard throughout my my career. So obviously, like the only women do uh, primary uh, stereotype, which I know we've kind of covered a bit, so I will leave that as is. Um, only in it for the holidays was the next biggest one at 17% um, of people said that was the biggest misconception. They are lovely holidays. They are lovely. Um, No, that's the thing. And I I don't think there's any shame in teachers saying, yeah, we get fantastic holidays. And then obviously the flip side is because teaching itself is a very intensive job. You know, you it's not necessarily like physically intensive um, and you hope it's never physically intensive. If you're, you know, lifting heavy weights or, you know, um, doing anything that is intense, then that is a children. Yeah, just a bit of a problem, really. Um, but ultimately, it is a very mentally taxing job. You've got to make so many decisions. You are balancing the emotions and um, personalities of, as I say, potentially, you know, 30 different students in a room. I've got classes of, I've had classes of 32. I've managed to navigate that down this year, down to, you know, 31. I mean, Ooh. crazy. Um, but, you know, A-level classes, well, even though they're smaller, obviously you have to have a higher level of understanding and uh, kind of prep for that because it's obviously a high level of education um you know you've got potentially going from year sevens to year 13s or you know if you're working with primary school you've got groups of you know seven-year-olds who potentially are different developmental stages and that is very mentally taxing <laughs> um as well as trying to also do your job of imparting knowledge making sure they understand you know things can happen and i've known you know, on the playground, a kid comes in, floods of tears, and you're trying to go, right, how do I make sure they're okay? And if they need any help, whilst also settling in, you know, say being kind, you know, 26 of the kids in the room, making sure they're getting on with it. And, you know, Timmy's trying to chat to his mate about what's happened at break time. So-and-so's trying to, you know, flirt with um, a lad who's, you know, she's desperately trying to, to get the attention of, you know, there are 10 kids in there who are desperately trying to, you know, get the best grade possible an exam coming up. And it's, balancing everything um does make it so that by the end of those you know on an, an average six to seven weeks of just intense work i think by the end of it the holiday does feel like a very <laughs> welcome refresher and i know that i mean you've seen that a lot of teachers including myself the the holidays aren't sacrosanct i know for many people they have the the obviously the, the right mentality of it's my holiday I'm not doing any work. I will deal with it when it comes, you know, back to it in a week or two weeks time. Um, but I think for many teachers, there is that sense of, well, you've got this free time um, to get this done. 
realistic you know you should be able to get this done so why aren't you doing that extra little bit to make that next lesson that next class whatever um better than it is currently so that could be marking it could be adding you know new lessons um tweaking old lessons sorting out booklets things like that and so even then the holidays aren't completely left alone it is very much um working in the holidays it's just how i frame it of working from home <laughs> rather than than working in a classroom so on the topic of holidays yeah um it's actually quite so the way you sort of describe it is like it's really good for your sort of mental health mm. to just to, to sort of stop the burnout before it sort of happens yeah so i think that's something that could be sort of for me, where I can just book any day, any week off within yeah. reason, it is something that you could sort of look at, like teaching for as an example. So, like, look, these guys got six, seven weeks of full concentration, doing full time hours, and then you have a week off or you have a few days off just to refresh, and then go again. So that's that could be a sort of good example for, for just generally. Mm. But on the sort of flip side. But not even the flip side, just on a, another another tangent. On a tangent, yeah. on another side. Um it always felt to me that the six weeks holidays were just whilst I enjoyed not being at school, it just felt a bit long winded, a bit sort of dra it dragged a little bit. Done by week four. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I think a month is perfect. Mm. Like in terms of children, month is perfect. You've got two extra weeks to play with. You can stick that on Christmas. Everyone mm. wants an extra week off of Christmas. Yeah. Um, stick that in wherever you've just got a single week off. And then it sort of balances it out. It feels like you get a proper break then because obviously, like like you say, you have to work. Um, booking holidays, booking weddings, booking funerals, booking all that sort of stuff around mm. these sort of periods. Set periods. Um, and obviously wax the price up and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So is there a way that you'd sort of, is that a way you'd go with, with the holidays? Or if so, you were in charge of the holidays. Mm, what would I do with them? How would you do it? Yeah, I think the problem is people, unfortunately, cannot um, all have the same idea. Um, so I know what would benefit me, obviously, at the moment, we, we don't have kids, you know, we don't have other dependents. Um, having that extra time more flexibly, say it, say Christmas when we are seeing, you know, family and friends, um, or for me, say like the October half term, because that winter term, that autumn term is long, to say the least, um, usually like seven weeks and eight weeks or two, eight weeks or anything like that. And that might be a nicer way to break it up. I think what I might prefer is potentially having more kind of what we call like PD days or like teacher training days, where having that time to maybe flexibly put throughout the year might be a little bit better. Mm. So I know when, uh, obviously last year we had like the King's coronation and um, obviously the Queen's funeral and oh, May Day and things like that. Barely worked in my But that's beautiful. the thing. It was every day suddenly became a four day work week. And whilst obviously those circumstances were very unique, um, having the idea of, you know, you've got a Monday off here, a Friday off there and knowing that, certain terms you'd only have you know three I mean in May I think it was only like one or two <laughs> four weeks actually teaching I think that did wonders for everybody um I know I was raving then about the four-day work week um but again yeah I think having more flexibility I know we've talked about wanting a bit more flexibility in in the world of teaching to match other professions having that flexi time I know that you have um, the ability to work longer Monday through Thursday and then have Friday afternoons off. And those extra hours placed throughout the week actually has done wonders for having that flexible two and a half, nearly kind of a nearly a full Friday off in yeah, essence. Yeah. Um, I think that's been something that has opened my eyes to, well, how can we make te uh, teaching that desirable and flexible, especially for those with, say, like children who rather than having to go part time and take an unpaid um, extra day how can we support them you know within the classroom um, and primary school teachers as well the fact that they don't have um, kind of the same built-in 
kind of PPA is a secondary. I know our uh, kind of free free time, I say the planning time, um, it's rarely ever free. Uh, it doesn't quite match up in the same. So having that flexibility for different schools to to use those days that work best for the staff, I think could do wonders for kind of staff well-being and also to make teaching again just more desirable as a job we're talking about teacher retention and I know what we've talked about in the relationship um and the challenges that we'll talk about in a bit that we've overcome sounds a bit very dramatic um but it is a great way for us to to try and deal with those issues for teachers generally rather than just in our kind of our little world um so with that segue um thank you for for giving me the thumbs up there I do appreciate it in terms of the challenges we had in our early years, um, what do you think were some of the the biggest as we were kind of starting off? So, in terms of dating, or in terms of um, early relationship, or both? Bit of both. Bit of both. Bit of both. Okay. Uh, well, the big one for me was you not being available. Mm. Um, I suppose I got, I got used to a certain level of sort of communication and there's a certain expectation that like um, in relationships, etc., that I would want a certain level of communication between me and partner. Um, and even like a prospective partner. Um, but obviously with your, with your job, you would, like I mentioned earlier, you'd be working seven till five probably. So I wouldn't hear from you then. And then you'd go home and you'd cook and then you'd eat, then you'd chill out for a bit. And then mm. that that could be like, you know, um, the whole day I wouldn't hear from you sort of thing. And it would be like, a, oh, does she, does she yeah, like she's me? still interested, <laughs> like, yeah. What's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah. That probably comes from an insecurity of my, on my behalf, but that's well, that's not for this radio show. But I think that's um, pretty fair, though, to be fair. I know, obviously, with my phone, whilst we don't have an official policy at our school of turning our phones off during the day, um, I, I'm well aware, like I put on kind of novelty ringtones. So having like danger zone by Kenny Loggins start playing as I'm trying to teach, you know, the, I don't know, the horrors of world war two to year eight probably isn't kind of the apt <laughs> kind of interruption. And also I feel like it's just nice to model a, you know, I don't need my phone during the day. Neither do you. We're both here for the same reason. Let's, you know, let's get on with it. But I know what you mean, especially um, when we were we were just chatting and then obviously when we became kind of official it was something that I consciously kind of worked on I know we had a conversation about it that um, obviously you would be able to have your phone out on your on your desk as you're working and kind of check it as you go as you're in between jobs but obviously for me it was well I get into work I'm there early I don't want to waste the fact that I've had to get up early to then um, spin it on my phone and not get those jobs done but then at the same time you know we have about 40 minutes for lunch 35 40 minutes so it is that sense of trying to find that time to prioritize the relationship over the job and obviously being single before that for a little while there was a sense of well I'd kind of I jumped into work more so than anything else and getting back into probably healthier habits of talking to you communicating a bit more um and I know it's been a lot easier since obviously we've moved in together that, you know, we're not relying on the on the text messages to, mm. to communicate. We can just check in with each other in person. Um, but, yeah, I think that idea of availability, especially for teachers, is potentially much more difficult. I know I'm not really a phone person much anyway, I'm quite old school. Uh, but again, I think having that communication early on is so important especially if someone's outside of teaching and not knowing the hours yeah it yeah. can probably seem a bit antisocial. yeah 100% I think like the all the issues that we've had like issues I'm saying that in inverted commas um <laughs> have have been sort of addressed by talking by talking it through having honest mm. conversations so if that's any advice that we can impart on anyone else this evening have honest conversations with the partner about the way you feel, about your expectations and that sort of thing, because that's the only way it's ever going to work out. Yeah, um, and I think, I yeah, should absolutely. should have left that till the end, shouldn't I? <laughs> I could, you could have wrapped it up oh, with that one. Oh. I mean, if we've got to leave um, it on anything, <laughs> we'll come back to it, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, so, so I get the sense that teaching, there's a, 
I know you've sort of talked to me about this before. There's a sort of tendency to feel like martyring yourself. Mm, yes. Um, yeah. So like if if I don't work these silly hours to get these jobs done, then the kids are going to suffer, mm. and then I'm going to be to blame if this kids gets doesn't yeah. quite get the result, and and then it's going to look bad for me. And all this sort of stuff. And it, I think it's a real, it's really important to sort of break that mindset. I think it's really important to sort of like say, look, I am a teacher and I'm proud of being a teacher because it's a wonderful profession. Profession, easy, <laughs> easy for me to say. I'm oh, struggling. Um, but I'm not only a teacher. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I mm. am still the same person. I am the person outside of my job. I still have, um, I have other relationships. I have um hobbies i have thing things i like to do you know that sort of thing and yeah. and it's really important to to think not think like not push yourself down that sort of rabbit hole saying like look i need a separation from the job and from mm. life and i think that's that that sort of moves into the next point um there's a uh, that, that kind of balancing work yes ex- that's the one the balancing, <laughs> balancing work life yeah and i think that is something that kind of being honest with myself the idea of martyring yourself is very tempting and I know we all say no 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 that's never going to be us but I think within teaching like you say there is so much pressure externally and internally to do right by these by these students that you know we put on far too much on our shoulders at the end of the day you know coming in from us from a secondary perspective we don't sit the GCSEs we don't sit the A-levels you know and at the end of the day we don't write the papers either so we don't even get any influence um in that final kind of judgment on teachers which is you know what grades they walk away with and ultimately I think for myself especially in the early stages having such a tunnel vision with regards to kind of my career wanting to uh, kind of progress wanting to be the best teacher that I could be um, I think there is a, a temptation to see kind of dating and relationships as another job on the to-do list. And I can only imagine for any kind of teachers out there who've got, you know, spouses, children or dependents in, in any kind of capacity, having to juggle that life, that version of themselves, as well as their work, which it sounds quite ridiculous to say out loud, the idea of, you know, the sacrificial element. But because it is seen as a profession, particularly the idea of a noble profession, same thing with doctors or nurses or carers, the idea that you do it for others um, and you kind of not sacrifice yourself fully, but um, the idea of giving up more than you would in a normal nine to five. Um, It is something that you do have to shake yourself out of a little bit, which is not why I wasn't particularly looking to date somebody within teaching or outside of teaching. But I think it's been very healthy for me not to have dated a teacher Um, because I know obviously talking to you, your expectations and the idea of, you know, we've prioritised our relationship, you know, and reprioritised where my work fits into that. You know, there are some times when it's, you know, a parent's evening, look, I'm going to be coming back at half seven. I'm going to be knackered. Could you please, you know, sort out dinner or sort out, um, you know, a dark room for me to lie in for a bit? but I think ultimately those sorts of give and takes in the relationship then come more naturally of, you know, I have dialed back working at the weekends and gone, look, I will do, you know, half seven to five. I will happily give that time up. But then if it's not done, unless it's urgent, it doesn't need to be done. Like the to-do list has to stop somewhere and we have to cut it off a lot shorter than probably I'd be normally comfortable with. But that's how you make these relationships work. You prioritize it, you make time for it. And, you know, we found that it's, you know, it's worth it. You know, it's Valentine's Day and we're still happy, you know, we're not well, <laughs> at I each mean, other's throats. Tomorrow, but <laughs> it's actually a more important day today. Yes. Um, but you see what I mean? It's that, I think, give and take and, and compromising. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a, I think there is a sort of um, a thing in teaching where teaching is everything. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So teaching is your your whole personality, and so you know if you'd have you'd have come into me and on a first day and you wouldn't have showed up about teaching, <laughs> I'd be like, mm, mm, <laughs> not sure on this one. Which would be fair, um, absolutely fair. <laughs> because 
like, like, like I say, I'm completely outside of the teacher ball, so I don't understand any of this. And, you know, there's, 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 there's that aspect, and there's also mm-hmm. the aspect where you're just like, do you really want to be with someone who's just going to talk about the job all the time? Yeah. Because, you know, it's not really that interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the job itself is interesting, but speaking about jobs in general, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's not something I'm interested in. Do you know what I mean? I like talking about films and mm. we, we talk a lot about history that we yes. have a lot of historical discussion <laughs> uh we talk about films talk about games we talk about all different parts of our personalities and and if you were to sort of as a teacher just like ignore all that teach it this is who i am mm. do you know what i mean it just it i i don't want to say it sort of would put off prospective partners but like from my perspective i would have been like Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. it can be very inaccessible, especially because yeah. I know we've joked um, when I've mentioned something, if there's like an acronym. Um, so like when we've been talking, you know, about, um, oh, I've had like SEN training tonight. I'm going to be late. And then talking about, oh, they were talking about um, these, you know, new acronyms, these topics, this um, kind of idea within teaching. And it can be, and I think I forget myself, so inaccessible for anybody outside that bubble in the yeah. same way that if you started talking to me about, oh, yeah, I've been um, clearing rooms, sorting out drafts and um, breaking down topics via, you know, um, gigabyte, de- uh, terabyte, things like that, and pff, goes straight over my head. And I have to remind myself that is, that is me with teaching. Um, you know, if I'm talking about, you know, my introduction even for the show, I've probably used about, you know, six or seven technical terms that you probably might never have come across before or, oh, I've heard you mention that once or twice, no idea what it is. And I think especially in the early stages, being more aware that teaching is a job, not a hobby. And as much as I love my job, um, I really do love making that difference in the world. It is ultimately not everything about me I am something outside of Miss Edwards as a concept Mm. and having that separation I call it kind of the separation between church and state um you respect both you can enjoy both to your heart's content but they shouldn't really be mixing do you have a laissez-faire approach (laughs) throwing all the historical terms out there now (laughs) but yeah I think it's the idea of of being more realistic about this is a job and you can love your job but at the same time if you don't create room for yourself teaching becomes your identity and that can be that can be a bit of a problem in and of itself especially if you're trying to find somebody either within teaching or outside of teaching I think if I was talking to another teacher and we were just talking about teaching on a date uh, which has happened in the past it felt like more like we were in a staff room or a department meeting than it was actually getting to know the person and you walk away going that's nice. I got to have a uh, you know cathartic moment well, about my well, teaching. They're a good teacher, but I don't yeah. know anything about them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and I think getting to know each other is obviously a core concept of yeah, of relationships. Absolutely. So um, definitely something that I think we wouldn't have realised how compatible we were if teaching was the all encompassing being in the room rather than just a part of part of me. Yeah, because we're, we're very much into the same sort of things. We like the same films. You know, we, we, we play the same games. We, we, I'm playing us out to be really nerdy. Right? We are pretty nerdy, we though. I think nerdy, we need to yeah. just accept that. Um, <laughs> we, we both like history. We're really into history. Mm. Um, you know, we're both into reading. You know, all this sort of stuff that we've got in common. And then there's the, the big... Elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. Like <laughs> I am a teacher. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I am Spartacus. Uh, yeah, it feels. Is um, it more like a confession of you know the only thing you'd say behind closed doors? You know, you don't say it in public, kind of thing. But yeah. But yeah, that 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 would be a sort of big sort of <laughs> not not a line in the sand for some. Mm. You know, it's just like one of those things that just like it's a part of who you are, mm. but it's not everything. Yes, I mean? and I think. I think that's good generally for teachers because I know we we work incredibly hard as a profession. I know we're seeing teachers leave in droves year on year um, because the job is becoming more unsustainable. And I think not just within teaching, having this idea of, no, we're going to draw, like you say, draw a line in the sand. 
um, separate out who we are from what we do. And I, I think tone down teaching as this all encompassing part of our identities. We also need to have that message reverberated both within schools themselves. So like leadership and head teachers, you know, you have lives outside of this building and we will respect that as much as possible. Um, but also as well, you know, within the community, you know, we are human. We do not sleep under our desks. Uh, we do get great holidays, but at the same time, you know, if you want to see what it's like, feel free to come into the classroom. We would love more people to understand what we do so that I think there's a better understanding and appreciation. And that can then go both ways of, you know, parents working with us, we're working with parents, we get the best outcomes for, for children. And everybody wins, I think, at the end of the day with having that, you know, knowledge is power approach. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we wrap up, uh, I think I'd just, I'm just going to throw out some things that, like, I would change about the, the, mm. the profession. Yep. If, as, as a sort of non-teacher. Yeah. Um, so first of all, Mr. Prime Minister, <laughs> I would introduce more flexibility i don't know if that's a that's a state thing or if that's an individual sport thing mm. or what. but but yeah give give teachers a bit more flexibility like you mentioned earlier just like allow them to have say like a week of floating days or whatever mm. where they can do actually do stuff do you know what i mean because yeah. it just it just makes sense to me like if if the request is submitted in in a reasonable amount of time then you've got a reasonable amount of time to find cover yeah and it gives it would give the individual such a boost to sort mm. of have that um, flexibility. So like, ah, oh, I can actually do something with my kids on this Friday, or yeah. I can, you know, I can actually get married on a on a Friday, you know, instead of yeah. having to wait to the weekend or whatever. Attend my kids' of, show, or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Um, another thing, I would there's a, there's a there's a sort of a stigma behind um, being a teacher yeah. in terms of you, you. It feels like you should always be looking to to sort of move up into yeah, management, yeah. into SLT, and that sort of thing. So mm. that's one thing too. Um, <laughs> but I don't think there should be a stigma because, like I've, like I've said many a time, that being a teacher is a wonderful profession, and it should be celebrated as mm. such. And so there shouldn't be that that sort of that rush to get out of the classroom. The, yeah, the mm. pressure to to just go in and like move up the ladder as far as. I think people should be just just realise that it is a wonderful profession and it should be celebrated. So people should be like, yeah, let's 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 get paid, mm. have a sort of progression, uh, sort of progression in wages to just be classroom teachers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like the to. So, Not to throw another acronym at you, but that TLR to to stay in the classroom, to hone your skills and to have that old guard put in place so that it's not um, the stigma of you're too expensive or why aren't you in leadership if you're that good? Is there something wrong with you? There is actually a, hey, we recognise your experience. Like with any other profession, if you go into any other job, you know, any interview and you go, I've got 10 years of experience in this specific field, um, then obviously that would be something rewarded and celebrated and coveted in essence by many businesses. The idea that in teaching it seems to make you less desirable because the funding's just not there to, and, and, to reward that. And you mentioned shopping. that there's obviously the retention mm. of teachers. Having some sort of you know movable pay, pay scale that could do this, it would, would be a, surely a way to keep more teachers in the profession. Yeah, absolutely. And I think obviously with three glowing ideas I don't know if I could be kind of grinning more ear to ear that this has been very productive uh 18 months I feel so far to have she's coached um, me well for tonight <laughs> but I think with that said I know we've got lots of lots of other kind of bullet points prompts questions that we had kind of written down for us to talk about so we might have to make this into a bit of a, of a two-parter um not to you know Put anyone on a cliffhanger here i think we've covered the the early stages at the very least so i think ultimately to leave off um obviously thank you to everybody who participated um in that twitter poll and kind of contributed to um tonight's show it's always really appreciated um to have that level of engagement 
And obviously in terms of going forward, if you're curious to see obviously what I'll talk about next, um, hopefully having uh, Andrew back maybe as a guest in um, a few weeks time. If he's free, I'm free, we're all free. Um, that would be great. And obviously keep an eye on my social medias as well to um, obviously find out what we're doing next. But with that being said, thank you ever so much for your time tonight. Thank you to my wonderful guest. It's been a pleasure, it's been a pleasure. And hopefully I will see you soon. Take care everyone and hope to chat to you again in the future. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.